You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone Montreal, right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. The Press Zone Montreal is a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are so glad uh, to be part of that group, and we are so glad that you are here with us today for another tremendous episode of The Press Zone. I am your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent at the AHL Report, and I am joined every week by our founder and our editor-in-chief, and that would be the one and only Rick Stevens. You had a late night last night. It was a late night. <laughs> late start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was totally worth it because the Habs won big, right? Uh, no, they did not. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, but, <laughs> for, but for those, you know, early to bed types, they saw the first uh, five minutes and were, were pleased. And maybe they even saw a goal Caulfield score his first playoff goal, maybe. Well, his family certainly did. It was nice uh, that they were in the building for that. Mm-hmm. His brother, yeah, mentioned Gold Caulfield. His brother wearing a Gold Caulfield uh, T-shirt. <laughs> his parents, of course, donning the number 22 uh, Canadian jerseys, uh, but the whole family was there. Uh, watching from afar was uh, his biggest supporter, J.J. Watt, also wearing a, a Cole Caulfield jersey, a rather large Cole Caulfield jersey. Well, but his caption said, no, this is a game-worn jersey. Game-worn, absolutely. <laughs> Correct size and everything uh-huh. for Cole Caulfield, right. absolutely. Mm. <laughs> I would like to see him try to fit no. <laughs> Cole Caulfield. It might fit over his neck. <laughs> That's about it. Um, but we are going to get to all of that. We've got a we've got a great show coming up for you today. I know uh, our our whole team was um, very excited and, and amped up for uh, for the for the show um, and for the game last night. Uh, the the Slack uh, our our team Slack conversation mm-hmm. our, our chat was uh, alive and raring to go. Uh, in fact. Uh, there was some nervous energy. Even our our fantastic fantasy sports commissioner was was really trying to to while away the minutes until puck drops. So, made sure that he got all three of our fantasy football leagues for all Habs reactivated, ready to go. He was like, "Well, might as well might as well focus on a little football, you know, those kinds of things." And um, might be some spots available. Might be some spots available. We'll we'll be back in touch. You know, if you're if you're itching to play fantasy football with the All Habs crew uh, this fall, 
kind of keep an ear open in future episodes. We'll let you know. Or on social media, uh, we'll we'll put a call, call out. But, you know, that's for, for full season-long fantasy. Um, daily fantasy is also a tremendous amount of fun, uh, not even as, mu- as much commitment. And uh, we're happy to, as part of our uh, affiliation with the Hockey Podcast Network, we're sponsored by DraftKings, um, Daily Fantasy. Um, and even though, you know, we're getting ready for, for fantasy football, uh, right now for Daily Fantasy, the NBA playoffs uh, are happening and the second round is in full swing and the action increases from game to game. And this is where the, the contenders are really separated from the pretenders. And so to give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. And that's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. And the best part is, is that it's free to play. Now, DraftKings free to play pools are easy to enter. You just download the DraftKings app, you go to the pools page and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and then track your results through the evening. Questions range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to the DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. For full details. Remember, THPN stands for the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, and so be sure you do that. It's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a quick and easy way to just kind of get that fantasy sports uh, fix. Uh, and it's it's a lot of fun, particularly when it doesn't cost you anything to enter. Um, and you could win some could win some dough. Uh, as we said, we've got a great show lined up for you today. It's uh, hey Rick, it's episode one nine one hundred ninety of the press zone today. Wow, we are uh, very rapidly approaching um, the two hundredth episode of this show uh, since we since we do two episodes a week, one for uh, our Montreal listeners and one for our Philadelphia listeners. It means that uh, by the end of July, we're going to be approaching that 200 episode mark. So, uh, Will there be cake? Maybe. Pie? Well, we'll see. <laughs> Pie is a tall order. I see. But perhaps, perhaps. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty it's pretty exciting. So here on episode 190, uh, we are going to kick things off with talking a little bit about the Montreal Canadiens and the Laval Rocket. Uh, of course, uh, the big topic for the Habs will be what happened in game one of the semifinals last night, uh, coming into Las Vegas, uh, playing for the first time in front of a packed house, uh, first time south of the border, uh, all sorts of variables to to take into consideration. We'll break down last night's game and what's ahead for the Canadians the remainder of this week. Uh, and on the AHL side of things, the Laval Rocket actually had a couple of more uh, player signings in this past week, so we'll talk about those as well. Uh, and then after we take a, a quick break, we're going to come back in segment two and go around the AHL. Uh, the league has announced this year's Yannick Dupre Memorial Award winners, and it's pretty special this year, uh, something that I fully agree with uh, the uh, 
the winner that they decided on for this year's uh, for this year's uh, awards. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, we've got some ECHL news, uh, Habs related, of course. Uh, the Trois Rivières ECHL Club, which is the Montreal Canadiens ECHL affiliate now, uh, they had their big launch last Thursday. Uh, announced their team name and logo and branding package. So we'll uh, introduce all of that to you and the, the meanings behind all of that. In addition, they announced their first head coach of the franchise today. So we'll uh, talk about that as well before we uh, send you on your way with a very good feel-good finale that you don't want to miss. A very busy show. Very busy show. Uh, so we should talk first and foremost about those Montreal Canadiens. Um They'd been on a streak, uh, hadn't lost in seven games or eight games? Seven games. Seven games. Um, hadn't uh, hadn't been behind in scoring in, in those games as well. Hadn't trailed in 447 minutes, give, it, give or take. Give or take. Um, so, okay, here it is. Stanley Cup semifinals. For the first time since the beginning of 2020, the team went across the Canadian-U.S. border, came down to Vegas, uh, were greeted by a very, very loud uh, Vegas Golden Knights uh, full house at T-Mobile Arena. Um, and Rick, we talked last week about how this was going to be a tall task for the Canadians, both with the environment that they'd be playing in, but also the team that they'd be facing on the ice, that this was not going to be like a team that they had faced in their Canadian division. Um, and I will say, uh, you mentioned prior to this series starting and this game one starting that there was a key to the Habs having success last night. And if they didn't manage to do one thing, uh, it would be a difficult task for them to win last night's game. And so what was that? And uh, did they do it? I think what I said was that they had to they had to score first. And, and certainly that had been the um, a, a key to their uh, winning streak, the, the seven game winning streak. Uh, they didn't do that last night, and and what I was concerned about uh, certainly came to pass, given that uh, they're not the kind of team who uh, chases well, um, and and I worried about it particularly against um, the Golden Knights, who um, are an aggressive team, who are a physical team, and who put a whole lot of pressure. They have uh, the Canadians like to say they have a strong forecheck, and they do. Um, but uh, the, the the Golden Knights forecheck uh, just relentless at a whole other level. And um, and they once uh, they got the lead, they uh, were able to tie up, um, basically control the neutral zone. It was tough uh, tough going for Montreal. Uh, couldn't get anything together, and uh, and then uh, the, um, the 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 Golden Knights just uh, unleashed their physical game and and uh, and proceeded to overwhelm and punish uh, the Montreal Canadiens uh, for uh, two and a half periods. Well, and that was a combination of those things were things that I was commenting last night, uh, just in internally among among the group and to you was. Um, that the the Canadians 
were not responding necessarily well to to two big factors that they really hadn't had to deal with very much. Uh, in their prior series. And, and the one you just mentioned was the physicality. There were scrums after every whistle. This the series just started and there were scrums after practically every whistle. Uh, lots of activity in and around the goal crease, uh, really punishing hits. Uh, Vegas was just, uh, they weren't, they weren't letting up on, on their checking. Um, in addition to that, the other thing that was the big difference that I could see right away was Vegas's ability to execute clean zone entries into the into the offensive zone and once they got into the zone they were able to penetrate deep into the zone pretty quickly and without much hampering from from the Canadians um excuse me from the Canadians defense and back check so uh, those two things combined i felt kind of particularly as you said once they went down uh, a goal uh, really put the really put the habs on their heels and and they didn't know how to to stop that snowball's momentum uh, from that point forward. Uh, Dominic Ducharme's style is to line up five guys on the blue line, essentially. Uh, and you, you saw that that uh, really frustrated a team like the Leafs, who like to carry the puck in. Uh, for the Golden Knights, they had uh, no issue with uh, chipping and chasing, chipped it past the defenseman, and then uh, the defenseman, who you know they they are the Canadians defensemen are physical but um, aren't uh, that fleet of foot uh, but they had to go in and retrieve the puck and that's when uh, the the physical game ramped up for uh, Vegas and and uh, uh, particularly when uh, Dominic Ducharme um, you know can only rely on. Typically can rely on on four defensemen, but with Jeff Petrie out of the lineup, it was relying on three defensemen. Um, and uh, with with putting the 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 all the the tough minutes uh, on those three guys, it made for uh, a really tough night. And and uh, Ben Sherratt, who you know he's he's looked pretty good uh, through the playoffs. He had a bit of a rough night. He was just playing too often, playing mm-hmm. too much. Um, the, the Canadians third pairing isn't playing as a pairing. Typically, uh, they're rotating in with, with one of the, the, the three top guys. So, um, it, it just made it really tough, uh, for, for, uh, Montreal to manage. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, the, the forwards from, um, uh, Vegas were able to, uh, you know, be physical. Were able to. They did something that that uh, Winnipeg couldn't do, and that was uh, to get to the front of the net, mm-hmm. pretty much at will, and uh, and uh, were able to get in, in Price's eyes, and and uh, was a cause of uh, of more than one goal last night. Are we all enjoying it? Watching Eric Gustafson. Are we all enjoying it? No, I didn't think so. Uh, he was a train wreck last night. The turnovers, and uh, you could have opened a bakery. Um, turnovers absolutely led to at least one goal. Um, I think it was the second goal. Um, but, you know, as as we've said in, in previous episodes, sure, he can get some shots on net and maybe he'll score once in a while, particularly on the power play. But it's all of the stuff that you have to... Uh, try to survive of his gaffes in between. And, and last night was nothing but that. Um, and I know you mentioned too, you know, Kulak wasn't Kulak who, who can have some, some decent 
time on the ice uh, and, and show some some skill uh, was making poor decisions last night. Um, and so between the two of those, the one bright spot, aside from the guys playing all the big minutes, um, did uh, I, I was going to say, did everyone see it? But did everyone feel that hit that Romanoff put on uh, Alex Petr- on Alex Petrangelo? <laughs> yeah, and and Petrangelo uh, is a big is man. A big man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was that was something. <laughs> I um, like to see that. Yeah, um, Shea Weber liked it as well. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it's so strange the the, the curious story of of uh, Alex Romanov mm. playing fifty four games out of fifty six and then um, not getting a sniff uh, until the last two games, and even at that, get, uh, you know, very sheltered minutes, and Minimal particularly time. when you have uh, Kulak, who um, yeah, he he had a really rough night. Um, Eric Gustafson just isn't um, a, a very good defenseman, and and uh, maybe he's helped with the the power play at times, but he's much more of a liability on the ice. And it was interesting because um, just read an article by um, uh, the Flyers uh, beat writer for the Athletic, and he was doing a bit of a question and answer, and and. Uh, he was asked the worst move by Chuck Fletcher this past season, and he pinpointed the signing of Eric Gustafson. <laughs> um, and he said uh, it, it wasn't that the price was unfair. It it wasn't that the, the player is completely useless. Um, he talked about uh, his play for uh, Philadelphia was objectively horrid. Um, yep. You know, and, and he just said there's there's not a place in the in an NHL lineup for him, given that that you have to shelter him so much, and that's exactly what the Canadians have had to do is uh, shelter him, and and we saw with the icing uh, last night uh, that Ducharme couldn't get him off the ice, and uh, then was responsible, as you said, for uh, for the second goal. So. Um, it, it, it's 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 bizarre that that he continues to be a go-to person for mm-hmm. uh, the head coach, and whether that's to justify the the uh, trade. trade of the general manager uh, who made it at the trade deadline, I don't I don't know. Um, but um, Carey Price can only bail them out of so much, and 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 you saw him do that last night. In fact, I think you said at some point uh, today when we were discussing last night's game uh, that he made four or five saves that he had no business making. Um, Absolutely. Otherwise, it could have been nine to one by the end of the night. I For mean, sure. It, it, Carey Price, don't let anyone tell you otherwise that that the loss last night had anything to do with Carey Price. Uh, he at least gave them a chance. Uh, there's only so much he can do. Unbelievable saves on on Stone, and and Stone kind of laughed and shook his head afterwards. Um, and Carey winked at him. <laughs> yeah, w- winked at his own player. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh Theodore. There was unbelievable saves, and at the other end, um, you know. Uh, the, he's he's a darling of of the French media, um, Marc Andre Fleury. He is smiley. He is personable. Um, sure. He gives cute interviews. Um, he's uh, Cirque du Soleilish. He's he's acrobatic in the net. He makes all of the the routine saves look difficult. Um, and he had absolutely nothing to do for uh, two and a half periods. <laughs> That's um, right. Yeah. 
And 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 the Canadians didn't take advantage of his gigantic juicy rebounds that he's no. known for. I mean, that's the one that's the one weakness in Marc Andre Fleury's game is his rebound. Control. Well, there's several uh, weaknesses. One is that that he is so active that he right. he, he overplays and and uh, gets out of position. And there's no structure to his game. He's no. like a Tim Thomas or um but he 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 yeah, the last night he as he was giving up rebounds, and that's one thing that the Canadians the Canadians haven't faced a uh, defense core like uh, Vegas, and mm-hmm. and they just prevented any of the forwards from getting in um, close. And and you saw Josh Anderson early try to cut to the net, and and they said, well, if you do so, uh, you can go in, but you're not going to take the puck with you. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, it it um it it's going to be a a, a tough series. Uh, Pete DeBoer, one of the top coaches in in the NHL, he had his team well prepared. Uh, hopefully, Dom Ducharme learned some lessons and uh, and is preparing a better game plan for Wednesday night. It will be interesting. Be sure you're following at All Habs on Twitter for all of the game previews and game recaps and in-game uh, tweeting and updates and so on and so forth. Uh, our friend Ben Dankyu will also have uh, over at the All Habs YouTube channel, he'll have uh, a reaction video to last night's game that will be published uh, prior to game two. So keep your eye on the All Habs YouTube channel. Subscribe to the All Habs YouTube channel, then you'll get a notification uh, when that hits the airwaves over there on the All Habs YouTube page. Um, it's going to be interesting, got to say. Uh, so going down on the farm, uh, we've got the Laval Rocket. Mm-hmm. And the Laval Rocket have made a couple of signings this past week. Um, and those signings are... Can you guess? I bet you can't. Gabriel Bork and Justin Ducharme. Um, And so you might be saying, wait, I know one of those names. Don't I know one of those names? Um, And and yeah, you probably are familiar with one of those names. But Rick, it's it's been a little while since Gabriel Bork uh, really did did a heck of a lot, huh? Well, Gabriel Bork, um, yeah, if you're, if, um, you want us to give you, uh, his stats for last season, uh, that's easy. Zero. He did not play. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not quite sure the rush to sign him. Um, well, I don't know if there is, uh, quite a lineup at his door. Um, he hasn't, um, he hasn't participated meaningfully, uh, in the AHL since uh, 2016-17 season for the San Antonio Rampage when he played 61 games. Um, so, um, well, the, the, the uh, Canadians, I think, uh, felt some pressure from uh, the media uh, earlier in the season about not having uh, enough Quebec players uh, from Ramuski is Gabriel Bork, and uh, he will be um, uh, in training to get ready uh, after taking the season off uh, to uh, suit up for the Laval Rocket this fall. Absolutely. He certainly will. Um, in addition to that, they also signed uh, a left winger, uh, 
to a, a one-year two-way AHL contract. That is D- Justin Ducharme. Uh, he just, uh, the 21-year-old, just wrapped up uh, a season in the queue. Um, he was playing with Valdor. Um, he's also uh, played for uh, Acadie Bathurst and Shakutami. Um so he, uh, let's see, last year he had, uh, this past season he had 18. Had a good season. Yeah. Yeah. 18 goals and 11 assists in 28 games played. He's a six foot, 183 pound forward. Uh, and in fact, uh, in the playoffs, uh, had three goals and five assists in, in 15, in 15, um, playoff games and uh, they of course did reach uh, the President's Cup final. 21 year old he was uh, undrafted and um, but the Canadians saw something they liked and uh, and are going to add him to uh, their their uh, forward core. They are. You know, it's uh, it's fun. Speaking of uh, Gabriel Bork, um, I did notice that uh, Eric Jelena is coming back uh, across the pond. Uh, the Hurricanes signed him to a two-way deal, uh, so he won't be coming back to the Canadians organization this year, but Eric Jelena coming back. One defenseman who won't be returning, <laughs> and that being Otto Leskinen. That's right. Uh, Otto Leskinen uh, signing a two-year deal. He and uh, Callie Kosala, uh, who I believe played for the Ma- uh, Toronto Marlins, Marlins this yeah. year, uh, both signing two-year deals to play with Joker at, uh, in the KHL. Um, now, the, the Canadians do have the option. They could... He's a pending RFA, so they could qualify him and retain his rights. Uh, We'll see if that ends up happening or not. Um, But Otto Leskinen had a very respectable season this year. He's a a solid, dependable AHL defenseman uh, with a little bit of upside. Um, I just find it unfortunate that we seem to see a pattern of of, – we've had these decently solid – uh, European AHL defensemen um, come through at the AHL level for Laval in the last couple of years, um, and and for whatever reason, uh, not able to retain them or or develop them further. Um, Leskinen's one. Um, we know from the audio from the postmortem uh, from. My particular interview question in in, in the postmortem with uh, Gustav Olafson that he wasn't um, particularly pleased with with his progression uh, this past year, um, and we think in past years of David Sklanichka and uh, Moravchik who have since headed back to Europe as well. Not saying that these that every single one of those is a is a top tier defensemen that could that could eventually get called up to the NHL but you also want just some solid AHL defensemen as well um and so uh, it's it's unfortunate to see Otto Leskinen uh heading heading over to the KHL but certainly wish him the best um and so with that uh we are going to take one quick break when we come back we're going to go around the AHL a very special winner uh this year for the Yannick Dupre Memorial Award for the American Hockey League we want to talk about that and we've got all the news on the Canadians ECHL affiliate that's uh having its inaugural season this year uh over there in Trois-Rivières uh so we're going to Break all of that down for you, including who their first head coach will be. All of that and more when we come back right after this. The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. 
Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at AllHabs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit AHLReport.com and click the Join Our Team tab at the top of the page today. And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Media and the AHL Report. We're so glad you're here with us. Uh, are you following us on Twitter? Shame on you if you're not. It only takes a moment. Make sure you're following at the AHL Report on Twitter. You can also follow this podcast on Twitter at the Press Zone. Uh, you can find my fabulous co-host Rick over at All Habs at All Habs on Twitter. Me, you can find me at liar's rules. So just go on a little follow spree and make sure you've hit the follow button on all of those. We'd love to have you along uh, and feel free to reach out uh, to any of those accounts uh, throughout the week. If you've got questions, comments, or reactions to anything hockey related, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, and so now we want to go around the AHL and just bring you up to speed. Uh, we've got a bit of AHL news. We've also got a bit of ECHL news uh, to talk about today. Uh, and so first we'll take care of the American Hockey League. Now every year the AHL uh, announces the winner of the Yannick Dupre Memorial Award. Um, this is uh Typically, it's, it acknowledges a player as the IOA American Specialty AHL Man of the Year for his outstanding contributions to his local community. This year, the league decided to do something different, and I really have to commend them for, the, for their choice in this, uh, because the winner that they chose this year uh, is an individual, or in this case, a group of individuals uh, that uh, many times have a thankless job, and in a year like we've just uh, experienced, um, had a, an enormously great amount of responsibility uh, and for whom the season really couldn't have been possible. And so this year, the league was pleased to recognize the head athletic trainers from all 31 member clubs of the AHL. Um, 
as it says in their press release, you know, in addition to their day-to-day responsibilities, you know, the general health and wellness of the players and prevention and treatment and rehabbing injuries uh, and so on and so forth, uh, the athletic trainers and athletic therapists um, also were the ones responsible for doing all of the COVID testing, monitoring, um, administering the the COVID-19 protocols for their team. Um, And so without them, really, this season wouldn't have been able to happen. Um, I I do appreciate, though, that the AHL says in their release that they also acknowledge the assistant athletic trainers, the equipment managers and staffs, and the team doctors and medical staffs. All of those people working behind the scenes do a tremendous amount of work day-to-day as it is just to keep uh, an AHL team up and running every day. This year, it was a, a mountain of extra work um, and in, a, in, in, quite frankly, a scary time. And so congratulations to all of them. In particular, uh, for our listeners, I'd like to, to give a big congratulations and thank you to Glenn Kinney, the head athletic therapist for the Laval Rocket, and as well, Brian Grogeski, uh, who holds the same position for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Um, but they and all of their counterparts across the league, Rick, I think... Um, I think this was a very, very respectable and commendable thing for the AHL to do to honor these these uh, these folks with this award. And thirty one well well deserving uh, winners of the award. Uh, the extra burden that these folks had was enormous, and mm-hmm. uh, the burn burden and the responsibility, um, you know, of of keeping these teams safe. And uh, some of the some of the individuals had the extra uh, task of doing it in unfamiliar territory uh, That's right. because several of the AHL teams were working out of um, uh, d- different buildings. Um, I think of of the Stockton Heat who who had to move to Calgary and and uh, the Laval Rocket who were operating out of the. Uh, the Bell Center, uh, the uh, Manitoba Moose, uh, the same. Um, th- this this was uh, for all teams. It was uh, it was a, a, a tremendous effort to keep everyone, both players and staff, safe. And and uh, a great gesture by the league in uh, honoring all of these individuals. Absolutely. Um, you know, speaking to that, in one of uh, on the Laval Rocket side of things, I know we uh, their head coach Joel Bouchard mentioned uh, in press conferences often how how much work uh, Glenn Kinney and, and staff were doing behind the scenes, but also detailed for us when asked, you know, as you say, working out of some odd conditions. You know, you think of whether it was Manitoba or uh, Binghamton working out of practice facilities uh, hours away from from their towns. Um, for Laval, you know, they were they were working out of the Bell Center, which is a beautiful NHL arena, but they had to trans their section. It's not like they were down in the team dressing rooms. They had to transform one of these big, beautiful restaurants into the Laval AHL dressing room and 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 athletic therapy um, uh, area and training facility and training facilities. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you know. That's a little odd, and it, it, it creates extra challenges. So congratulations to all 31 uh, who, who are acknowledged uh, with that award. Uh, it really, uh, really a commendable job by the league in recognizing that uh, without those folks, this season could not have uh, worked the way that it did. So congratulations to them. 
In ECHL news, we recently, a couple of weeks ago, we mentioned that the new Iowa ECHL franchise had announced uh, its branding. They are the Iowa Heartlanders, and we we broke all of that down for you. And it's uh, been with much anticipation that folks have been waiting to hear about the Montreal Canadiens' new ECHL affiliate located in Trois-Rivières, Quebec. Um, And uh, as of this past week, they have also made their branding launch. They will be called the Trois-Rivières Lion, excuse me, Lions. Um, And they have, I I will admit their logo is, um, it's pretty striking. It's uh, black, uh, kind of a, a, a dark purple background with a white and silver lion's head in the shape of the fleur-de-lis, uh, which is notoriously the symbol for Quebec. Um, and it's it's interesting. Uh, you see that um, you've got the fleur-de-lis, uh, the, the silver coloring in the lion's face is allegedly supposed to represent a, a metallic cover for iron, um, saying that the metal-plated lion is an homage to the key industry of that region. There is, if you look at the lion's uh, forehead, that is shaped in the tuft of a torch, uh, which, of course, for Montreal Canadiens fans will be significant. Um, And uh, just um, really, really striking. In fact, Rick, I like this part of the press release that says it's stylist, it's stylist mustache pays tribute to Sieur La Violette, founder of the city in 1634. So I didn't realize um, that the they lion went to the extra mile. Yeah. They, I didn't realize that the lion had a mustache until I read that. And then I relooked at the logo and I'm like, OK, this lion has a mustache and that's kind of funny. Um, but uh it's it's an it's a very nice looking logo uh, i think it's so far it seems to have been pretty well well received by fans so far and it's interesting that the this the the symbol the the lion um the two teams we feature here on uh, the press zone uh the two organizations are the philadelphia flyers and the montreal canadians and for their echl affiliates both use the symbol of the lion um, that's right. The Reading Royals, uh, which went, also have a purple color scheme. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, and, go ahead. And and Trois Rivier Lions. That's right. Uh, you know, and and for those who aren't familiar with the Reading Royals, uh, the royal is an is a nod to you know the the king of the jungle, the royalty, the royalty of the jungle of the is the lion. Kingdom, yeah. Right is is the lion. Um, their mascot is a, is a lion. Um, so it's uh, little similarities there. It's kind of it's kind of fun, but. Um, Really, really exciting to get that uh, to get that underway, um, Rick. I know uh, some folks have asked, "What's the significant? You know, the the lions. Like, where did that come from?" And there is a historical um, a historical reference there. Correct. Uh, the the name belonged to the the only uh, pro team that's uh, ever played in Trois Rivières, uh, so was is now a continuation of that. That's right. It was back in the late 1950s uh, that there was a, a Trois Rivières Lions team, and so they have resurrected that for this team. It's very exciting. Uh, we will. Uh, Mark Waitman, of course, is the president and CEO of the team. Um, we. 
our, our listeners will be familiar with him uh, from the AHL report when he worked, uh, when he was heading up things in Laval for the Laval Rocket AHL team. Uh, and so uh, we are going to be speaking with Mark Waitman, uh, and he may be joining us on next week's show, so you don't want to miss a minute of that. And so as people get excited for this inaugural season of the Trois-Rivières Lions, um, more news will be coming out uh, week to week uh, to get fans excited. And and this week, uh, the news was the announcement of their first head coach for the team. Uh, and he is none other than Eric Belanger, a former NHLer. Um, and uh, Rick, it will be, it'll be interesting to see uh, how he traverses this, this first head coaching position at the pro hockey level. Eric Belanger has um, you know, 820 games of NHL experience, 167 games at the AHL level. Um, his coaching resume is a little light. Um, his coaching has, has been primarily uh, midget AAA in, in Quebec. And, um, but uh, he was a teammate of uh, GM Marc-Andre Bergeron. And uh, so the two have obviously developed a relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, he was a teammate of, um, of uh, Canadians uh, executive Scott Mellenby. Um, and uh, most recently, um, Eric Belanger has been a, a, an RDS analyst. And so um, following that, uh, Joel Bouchard, media analyst uh, <laughs> to, to head coach uh, path. Um, if you're looking for Eric Belanger on Twitter, uh, easy to find at Belly2020. Belly2020. B-E-L-L-Y 2020. <laughs> He might need to change that. <laughs> it might be on a to-do list. But uh, congratulations to Eric Belanger, uh, first head coach of the franchise ever. Um, that'll that'll be something that he'll uh, get to be proud of for a long time. And uh, looking forward to seeing how, uh, how he heads up this team uh, in their inaugural season. Very exciting. So I think that I think there's still one more ECHL franchise that we haven't found out a name for yet. So there's more excitement coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so with that, uh, you know, it's, it, the, we are, it's, it's hard to believe we're down to four teams left in the Stanley cup playoffs that we're into the semifinals already. Um, you know, the, the finals are going to be here before you know it, but enjoy every it's, I like this, uh, this part of the playoffs because you get one series to focus on every night. Um, and so it's on alternating nights. You know, you're either going to get Habs versus the Golden Knights or you're going to get uh, Tampa Bay versus the New York Islanders. So, uh, you know, we want you to enjoy each and every bit of it. Uh, but we also want to be sure that you're coming back here every week, every Tuesday for all the latest news. So be sure you subscribe. Head over to thepresszone.fm uh, if you need to catch up on any previously missed episodes. Uh, you certainly can are always welcome to go back into our archive, whatever podcast platform you're currently listening to. Uh, you want to just look down and make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. Um and Rick, uh, some exciting news! I I get to uh, I get to play co-host of our other sister podcast with you this week. That's true. The Canadians Connection. Uh, every Saturday, we focus on the Montreal Canadiens, and uh, my co-host um, 
Joe Whalen is uh, taking the week off, and and uh, so um, I know he'll be thrilled that that you were able to step into uh, his shoes uh, for this week. Always excited to uh, for an opportunity to to try to fill Joseph's shoes. He does a tremendous job hosting hosting Canadians Connection with you. But uh, if uh, if you're into the Montreal Canadians, you certainly don't want to miss uh, a single episode of that. Comes out every Saturday, and uh, as as we said, I'll be I'll be guesting as a co-host this coming week. Um, Rick, really, the big thing is a feel good finale for this week. It's Father's Day this weekend. Happy Father's Day to. All of the fathers, uh, yeah. all the the uh, the men that are in our lives, and and uh, we'll be thinking of them and wishing them well on that day. Absolutely, enjoy uh, every minute of your weekend. Hug your family a little tighter. Stay safe out there, uh, and of course, enjoy hockey. Enjoy the playoffs for the rest of this week, and we will see you back here again next week for another very special episode of the Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.